It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jesus.
Good morning, Holy Spirit, and good morning, Tedline. Father God, you know what I'm thankful for today, God? For every day being a good learning experience, a godly learning experience in you. I'm thankful today that you are confirming your word, you are confirming your presence to your people. And God, we are so grateful for that. And Father, those people that don't know gratitude, that don't know how to express gratitude, would you teach them? Would you share with them the great, great blessings in being grateful? This is what I ask you for today, in Jesus' name. As I bind the works of the devil, according to First John three and eight, for this purpose the Lord Jesus was manifest, revealed to destroy the works of the devil. Lord Jesus, shine your light continually, exposing the darkness, forcing the darkness out of the light, that its works may be destroyed in the name of Jesus. We bind witches, forces, witches, powers. We bind witches' intent, morning. We bind the subtleties of Satan and the overt and covertness of Satan to witches and witchcraft this morning. We bind their powers. Father God, we have to dispatch your holy warring angels and enact the proper strategic warfare in the heavenlies that will destroy the works of the devil and command Satan his demons to lose the will of every man, woman, and child that has been taken captive. As we prayed this morning, Father God, not our will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you in Jesus' name that you always answer our prayers. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. I want to I want you to be mindful of something. And and I want you to offer up a prayer this morning for Hawk Nelson. Now I don't know Hawk Nelson, never met him myself. But the devil has gotten in his life. And Hawk Nelson and their group, they wrote this song. And he proclaimed that he's given up on Jesus. <clears throat> that he didn't have, um, he, 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 he no longer believed in Jesus. So this morning, I'm asking God to, to save and deliver Hawk Nelson. 
because father, his dad was a preacher, they tell me. And you, beautiful music, don't let him be bound by the nature and the character of Satan. This is one of Hawk Nelson's songs. Say that, Erica. How could, because, hey, 
I'm serious about this. Lucifer, you not steal my witness. Then I need about these same people <clears throat> to post in the chat room. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to show you, tell you about the devil. You have to be a witness. You have to stand up as a witness. You have to stand as a witness all the time. All the time. And you have to tell the devil. You cannot run around here thinking, I I say nothing. You know, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to make questions. I don't have to let the devil know where I stand. Yes. You do. Like that song said, the devil is a liar. The devil doesn't believe your witness. He didn't believe the witness of Jesus. But Jesus made a believer out of him. And that's what you have to do. You say, make a believer out the devil. Uh Uh-huh. You got to make a believer out the devil for your witness. Jesus already did what he had to do. You got to hold your position. You got to declare and decree and let the devil know your position. Just like that Navy SEAL in that in that uh, thing I saw on YouTube. When he had made a mistake and left his equipment in this house. He had to run, dive through the window, go back to where his helmet, where all the equipment was. And in doing that, he was spotted by the enemy. He was in there. He, he, he rolled over. He got his weapon. But he couldn't use his weapon because he didn't know where the enemy was. He didn't know where or what direction. You know, he was... Depending upon God is what he was. So he took his weapon, his gun, and he had to put his helmet up in the window. He had to expose himself to the enemy so the enemy would fire at his helmet, thinking it was him. But all he wanted the enemy to do was to show him where he was, show him his position. This, this Navy SEAL was in this building in the enemy territory, trapped. Because all the SEAL buddies were outside. But he had become a little bit too comfortable. 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 In the enemy territory. Sure enough, when he took his weapon, put it up, and passed it by the window. He saw the bullets. He saw the bullets hit the helmet. And then he knew where the enemy was. And then he took his position. Because that's what they are. Snipers, experts. Trained to do 
their job at the highest level. And when he pulled the trigger, it did not hit the enemy the first time. And the enemy hit that, that thing he was in in a barrage of bullets. And he had to stand, he had to take a position in the barrage of bullets, get the position to take the enemy out, and he took him out. And this is what you have to do. And this is how you have to, you don't have to live warring. You have to live winning. You understand? You have to live winning. You don't have to live warring. And so when he took that enemy fire out of the way, the other seal buddies, did what they had to do, and they and they 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 won that position. The enemy was defeated. I don't ask you to look at these things for just to be looking at them. I ask you to look at them and learn from them. That was a strategy I will never forget. It's the difference with me being a winning spirit warfighter and a losing spirit warfighter. And believe me, I have taken some bullets. I'm getting over one right now because God says, how can two walk together except they both agree? And I leased some property from somebody who is a devil. I knew that when I did it, but I needed their property for a healing home. And now coming out of it, you know, it, it, it is costing me that spirit battle, warfare battle after battle. But Jesus won. Jesus won yesterday. Brother Joe and Jose won the battle for me. That's why you have to have people on your side. And you got to know that you could trust them. Because lives are at stake here. Spiritual lives are at stake. To lose a, a, a portion of your spiritual battle is worse to me than the natural battle. Because generally, the natural battle just involves the money. You pay the money, the battle over. Generally. But when a spirit, a spirit, a spirit against spirits, you don't want to be taken out in the spirit. You don't want to be taken out through the spirit realm. Because when that happens, it affects your heart, your mind, your will, your intellect. It's a big hit. It affects your soul. You don't, you don't, you, you, it's going to happen, but you want it to be as much as you can, you want to win. And you can. 
but you got to keep in mind that, that there is a battle. And like I said, and I've been I've been saying this year, everybody you meet is on a mission. Everybody. And that mission is either to connect or disconnect you from God. To connect or disconnect you from the blessings of God. To connect or either disconnect you from the inheritance, your covenantal, your covenantal rights as a believer. And I don't think anybody can afford to be surrounded by too much of that disconnect power. Wake up fighting, knowing the enemy going to be right next to you with a purpose to disconnect you from God with a purpose to be stupid and think they can feel something of God. That's just dumb. But nevertheless, Satan dumbs the mind. Lucifer, Satan, Yelab, Leviathan, Adon, Apollyon. They dumb down your mind. They cause your ears to be deaf and your mouth to be mute. Why? So that they can integrate with your soul and utilize your body. That's the whole purpose. You must be skilled. You must have the understanding and the wisdom of God operating through you. Defeat this enemy that is invisible in the natural, but whose results and actions tangibly felt and manifested in this natural realm. But they operate from the spirit realm into the natural realm, and their results are manifested tangibly in the natural realm by way of spiritual activities, spiritual transferences, by way of spiritually overthrowing the soul of the individual. But you know what? They can do nothing except you allow them. They can do nothing except you yield the ground to them. They can do nothing except they take it from you. But what you've got to understand is that they don't have a problem taking nothing from you. They're takers anyway. They're users anyway. They're usurpers anyway. They're surplanters anyway. That's what they do. And that's how they operate. And they're not going to change, as a matter of fact. They're becoming both. They don't have more power, just more overt with what they got. just more inclined and more intent to trick you out of what you have. Because they know if they don't get it from you, they can't can't get it. And they know they can't take it from you. They can't take nothing from you. They have to trick you into giving it up. Devil can't take nothing from you. It's ridiculous. 
but he's cunning. The Bible says he's subtle. He tricks you into giving it up. You know, all of a sudden, I got people calling me. I'm getting, uh, I'm revamping here because I know way I can handle what's coming at me now. No way. I'm averaging 40 and 50 calls a day. A day. And and I think that's min, I'm minimizing it. But I got to make sure these these spirits operating through people nowadays, they are, you know what? That's why you got to be skilled spirit warfighters. Quite ready, but I'm almost. But I tell you what, I don't even think I'm going to say that. I'm going to keep that in my mind. Let me tell you where I'm coming from this morning. Post this in the chat room, please. When we have faith, God changes our lives. That's what I want to talk about. Can I get about 11 people, maybe 10, 9? When we have faith, God changes our lives. Can you post that for me? When we have faith, God changes our lives. We have been called by God to be a full of faith, faithful people. And we have a God who responds to our faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want to go over some scripture. I I, I love teaching this, and every time I teach it, God shows me something different. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Matthew 19, verse 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I'm going to use Mark chapter 5, verses 24 tell you something. In Mark chapter 5, it says, Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain which had issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better but rather grew worse. I'm going to show you a spiritual dynamic in this that the Lord had me make, take note of this morning. But when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind 
and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue, power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, the first thing I want you to make a note of here, Jesus did not say who touched. He said, Who touched my clothes? She didn't even have to get close enough to touch Jesus' flesh. She touched his clothes. And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Touch me? You see, it was the disciples that said, Touch me, not Jesus. Jesus said, Who touched my clothes? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing, hear me? Knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of that plague. There's a spiritual dynamic at work here that I, I, I just recognized it. <clears throat> I had touched on it before, but God opened it up. I just crossed from the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee to the Jewish side. Are you with me? just left the Gentiles, the unbelievers. And he had crossed over to the Jewish side, which was unbelievers and believers, but they were all religious. As Jesus arrived in the river, the Bible says a crowd was there to greet him. It says that one man in particular named Cyrus and he was a prestigious man in the community because he was a leader of the synagogue. I'm going to pull this together for you. His status ensured that he would reach Jesus. So when he arrived before Jesus, he threw his prestige, you know, his uh, pride, his Everything he had built up, he threw that to the wind, and he fell on his face, on his knees, and he begged Jesus to come and heal his daughter. His daughter was about to die. And Jesus agreed to go see his daughter. So at that point, Jesus, Jairus, and the crowd began the journey from the harbor up to Cyrus's house. 
But somewhere in this crowd was a woman. They never give her name in the Bible. They don't give her age or her social status or anything. The only things that the Bible reveals about her are bad things, miserable things, nothing happy. This woman had been suffering from this medical condition for 12 years. Something like maybe she had been ministrating for that whole time, 12 years. Began, it doesn't say when it began or how it happened. The Bible only says for sure that this woman had been dealing with this condition for 12 years. The Bible says that the condition had ramifications that went beyond hygiene and convenience factors. This woman, at that time, lived in a society that was governed by the law that had been handed down by Moses from God. And the law dealt with the topic of ritual cleanness. A person who was ritually clean was supposed to be free to enjoy the benefits of being one of God's chosen people. On the other hand, the unclean person was excluded from participating in a lot of the activities that made life happy during that time. Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25-27. The law outlined the woman with her condition was considered unclean. And if you were considered unclean, there were certain circumstances that this lady had been living with for more than a decade, for more than 10 years. She had been declared unclean. Now, the Bible talks about unclean spirits. And listen at this dynamic, the spiritual dynamic here. It goes with unclean. Anything she touched became unclean. And it's the same thing with demons. Anything a demonized person touches is subject to leaving a spirit and or spirits on anything that is touched, such as the chairs become unclean, the bed became unclean, the pots and the pans became unclean. Everything she touched, everything she 
came into contact with during her day became unclean. And if anyone touched anything she touched, they too became unclean. This is a demonic dynamic. Did you hear me? As an unclean person, any person she touched or any person who touched her became unclean also. Here is the nature. Here is the characteristics of an unclean spirit. What astounds me is that how a person can walk around here with a demon knowing that they're defiling other people, knowing that they're hurting other people, knowing that they're transferring their demons on other people, and how Satan has blinded the mind, how Satan has darkened the reality of the damage that demons do, the damage that demons become to every person that enters into their atmosphere, that enters into their geography, that enters into their realm. Demons don't have nothing on the coronavirus. It is the same spiritual dynamic as an unclean person. Any person she touched or any person who touched her became unclean. So normally, this woman under Levitical law would have kept away from the crowd or other people because of this. What? They call it isolation. They call it social distancing today. But you see, on this particular day, driven by her desperation, this woman knew because she had heard that there was an answer. Because she had heard there was another uh, alternative. And driven by her desperation, she chose to seek out her healing. I want you to think about it. We've been through, we end this pandemic. You may have had your family to depend on. But you, brothers and sisters, because of a, 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 a something you could not see, something that could only be seen through a microscope, I'm telling you, this can only be, these demons could only be seen through the eyes of people. 
these demons can only be known to the gifts of God, meaning the gift of discerning, brothers and sisters. When you're able to discern what is of God, what is of the devil, and what is of the world, and how they work, and how they're operating, two have come in contact with some unclean spirits. Only now, it wasn't blood, it was virus. Something that operated through something you could not, yeah, you could, saliva, airways, what I'm talking about. This woman here was not welcome in society. This woman here couldn't have any friends because you're uh, being friends with her, treating people right now. So this woman here experienced what? Social isolation. Not only did she experience social isolation, but she experienced spiritual isolation also. Because of the Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, she would have been permitted to come into the synagogue where Jairus was the leader. And she simply sat on a bench the bench would be made unclean and unusable. No. She would not have been permitted to go into the synagogue where Jairus was the synagogue leader. Yet and still, Jairus was used by God to go and bring Jesus because <coughs> Jairus the synagogue leader was in a, put in a position by God Almighty that what he needed Jesus to. And you see, the bad part is just like this. No unclean person could even enter the temple complex let alone make it to the altar, brothers and sisters. This woman was in such bad shape that no man would marry her. She wasn't going to have any children. This woman was alone, even in the midst of a crowd, because there was no one that could mix her or find common ground with her to build a relationship with her. Now, obviously, at one time, she wasn't broke because she had spent all of her money on doctors. Nothing happened. So she had lost hope in the medical profession. One by one. This lady was left without opportunity after opportunity. 
this lady, obscure, made broke, was in the same position that the ruler, the leader, the wealthy ruler of the synagogue was in. They both had heard the stories of Jesus. They both had come to the conclusion, brothers and sisters, that this Jesus had healed lepers, that this Jesus had caused paralyzed people to be able to walk, that through this Jesus, Blind people received their sight. And maybe they thought, maybe he was a God inspired thought. But it's somewhere in their situations, they came up with the conclusion that I'm going to try Jesus. Now, this lady, Jairus. Being of status, he could, he got to Jesus being a ruler in the synagogue. But this lady, more than likely, had to crawl with her face in the dirt. Shove and crawl. And by, by she having to get low, she was able to manipulate and maneuver through the legs and the feet of the people. She just wanted a little piece of Jesus' power to flow from Jesus to her. The Bible says, as soon as she reached up and touched Jesus' clothes, the hem of his garment, that she could and something had changed. Her miracle from God was instantaneous and it was tangible and the flow of her blood stopped whatever the condition was that was causing that problem Change with no rejoicing, with no fanfare, with no praise and worship team, with no healing room. This lady touched Jesus' clothing and her life was changed. The Bible says that as soon as the woman touched him, Jesus knew what had happened. Jesus knew that her touch was different from all the other touches because her touch was driven and her faith and the faith that 
that caused her to know that only Jesus, only Jesus to bring the change that she needed. His disciples couldn't believe it. You see, they were in the middle of the crowd. They did not sense because they were unable to. When Jesus stopped, the woman knew she had been found out. If Jesus knew, brothers and sisters, that someone had touched him for healing, then it, to me, it would seem reasonable that Jesus would know who had done it. This woman dreading what Jesus would say or how the crowd would react knowing that she had broken Levitical law, she came forward when Jesus said, who touched me? Her life was at stake, but she came forward. She had been changed. Brothers and sisters, she told Jesus what she had done and why she had done it. Jesus did not respond according to her emotional um, situation she was in. Rather than reacting in anger that she had taken it upon herself to do such a thing. Jesus responded. Kindness. Affirming her and blessing what he had done and the healing that she had received. Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. You hear me? He said, whole, complete, lacking nothing, well, whole. Your faith has made it. Your faith has made you. You see, Jairus was still there waiting. Watching. I wonder if thought What about my daughter? When are we gonna get to my daughter? But you see Jesus he knew stopping was for the people. It was for us to have a testimony. It was for us to be a witness today because for this nameless woman in Jesus, just like Jairus, had changed everything. But it wasn't just her faith. It was her faith Combined with her act of faith, 
that had turned her entire life around. When we have and when we act upon the faith through Jesus, brothers and sisters, it is then that God can change our lives. It is nothing strange with God to give you a to heal you, deliver you, to save you, called to be full of faith in Jesus, of Jesus, through Jesus, and by Jesus. We are called to be a faith-filled people. That means we are called to have faith, to know faith, and be a believer that we have a God who always will respond to our faith. Brothers and sisters, God has shown you and I the type of faith he requires from us. It is found in Hebrews 1. And it is the first two words in Hebrews 11. Now, faith now. Can you write that in this chat room? As many of you that will. Now, faith. Faith now. Now, faith is. Faith now is. Faith. But not with God. For with God all things are possible. But it takes now faith. Now is. Now is no faith. The substance. Now faith. Brothers and sisters. Now faith. Not tomorrow faith and not yesterday faith. Now faith is. Faith is now. Always will be. So I'm telling you, you are called to face your faith now. You are called to exercise your faith now. You are called to live and act and be moved by your faith in God. Mark 11.22, have faith in God now.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.